we started a new series called Hope Has a Name. And it's all about God's greatest gift to humanity. If you have your Bibles, a key, a key verse for, for the series is Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. It's a, it's a verse, it's actually a prophecy about the coming Messiah, the birth of Jesus, 700 years before Jesus was born. And so the Bible says in Isaiah 9, 6, it said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. By the way, we talk about the Wonderful Counselor last Sunday. If you missed it, go online and, 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 and find that message, one of my favorite messages that I've done in a while. Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And today, we're going to talk a few minutes about the Mighty God, about the Mighty God. You know, this past summer, my family saw some of the most beautiful places in our country. We traveled, and I got some pictures up here. Let's give, and the first picture is the, the Gulf of Mexico and, uh, and the white sand beaches, and uh, just beautiful places to be. Here's a, sunset, a sunrise picture. You have to get up, you know, early for this kind of a picture. But man, what an awesome, awesome view! And and then we went out to Yellowstone out west, and I just saw the, the Lower Falls. It's just a fantastic sight, fantastic place to be. We saw another sunset over a buffalo. All right, there's a buffalo picture. You got to put that in there somewhere in Yellowstone. It's just awesome, part of Yellowstone. And then one of my favorite mountains is the Grand Teton. And I took this picture with the reflection in the pond. And uh, it's just awesome to see these things. And every time I go and see places like this, I don't know about you, but I see the hands of God, the fingerprints of God all over his creation. And it gives me pause that I can worship him. And maybe you're like me. You've done that. You've seen something that's just amazing, maybe a beautiful sunset or a sunrise or the, the stars, and you can actually see the stars at night when you go out in the country, not here in, in, the, in the suburbs, but when you get out, and just, you just see some incredible stuff, and you just can't help yourself to praise God and to worship Him. He is our mighty God, and we're going to talk about who He is as our mighty God. Now, the word mighty God in the Hebrews, if you're taking notes, is the word El- Gabor, Al Gabor, let me break that down for you. Al, it always stands for God, all right? That's the, that's the word for God, Al, and then the word Gabor means strong warrior, a strong champion. And so when you combine Al Gabor, when you put it together, you're saying that God is my strong warrior. He is my strong champion. And Isaiah, he's saying here in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, he said that the coming Messiah He's going to fight for you. He is going to be your champion. He's going to be your warrior because he cares about what you're going through. He cares about the battle that you and I are facing. He has the power to give you the victories in those battles. He is El Gabor, the mighty God. 
Look at what Jesus says here in John chapter 16 and verse 33. He said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. In other words, take courage. He said, I have overcome the world. Underline that phrase, overcome the world. That actually comes, that little phrase comes from one Greek word. You know this word, we've said it before, but the Greek word is nikao. Nikao, the English translation of it, it's a famous shoe company called Nike. The same word. And here's what that means. It means to overcome with victory. To have victory over your greatest challenges. So when you see the word Nike, it wants to help you overcome with victory. And here's what Jesus is saying. He said, I'm your great Nikao. I'm one that wants to help you overcome your greatest challenges in life. Whatever problems you're going through, Jesus says, I have fought that battle and I can give you the victory. But to experience the victory and your greatest challenges in life, you have to have the power to really overcome. You have to let God, you have to allow him to be the mighty God in your life. I have to recognize that he is God and I'm not. He is who he says he is, right? He is the mighty God. And the problem is, is you and I, we try to redefine God. And the Bible says that God created us in his own image. But sometimes you and I try to create God in our own image. You see, we like to put God, we like to try to fit God into our own little box where he fits very nicely in our image of what we want him to be. But we have to let God be God. He is the mighty, all-powerful, all-consuming God, and he cannot be controlled, he cannot be contained, he can't be told what to do, he is not a genie in a bottle. You know, he has to be God. He has to be the mighty God in our lives. When I was in, living in Florida, in Pensacola, I had my little house, and I had a little backyard, in my backyard, a garage. And I walk in the garage one time and get something and out in the corner of my eye, I saw something emerge from the corner. And he was stomping his feet, crawling toward me as fast as he could. And I look and I see a big, bad cockroach. <laughs> I thank God there's no cockroaches in Michigan. They are nasty. And this little and this little cockroach had a little attitude. He was like, hey man, this is my garage, 
and I'll go where I please to go. And you can see him walking. You can see it, triceps and biceps. That's his little feet hit the pavement. And he's coming straight at me. He can, you know, I'm standing right there. He's not going to the left. He's not going to the right. He's coming right at me. And I'm thinking, man, this little bug has no idea who I am. He has no idea how powerful I am. You don't mess with me, little bug. Well, this little cobble is coming at me, and guess what happened? Now, when you, when you step on a cockroach, it's more of a crunch. <laughs> and then when you step on it, you know, one crunch doesn't do it, because sometimes when you take it off, it's still, it's still happening. I said, oh, man. So I had a rule. It's a three crunch. Three crunch. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Oftentimes, you and I, we've come face to face with God. We've looked into the eyes of God, and because we've had some degrees, or we've accomplished this or that, we think we know what true power is. Yet we underestimate the power, the power of God. Sometimes we ask the question, is God really that powerful? And we question the powerful, how powerful he is. Uh, many times I've had people coming to me looking for answers. They're looking for God's power. This is God. I can't find God's power. Where, where is your power, God? The past week, uh, and I, I came up with a story of a, of a kid who's the son of a pastor in Ohio. Graduated this past May with dreams of going to Bible college, being in ministry. And shortly after graduation, contracted a rare form of cancer. And thousands and thousands of people are praying for this kid. His name is Logan. You have to find his story if you look for his hashtag, praying for Logan, no space, just praying for Logan. And the past week, they were really praying because he had a very, very important surgery, to be a five, six hour surgery, where they were gonna go in and remove the cancer that would wrap around his lung and heart. And they prayed, I mean, churches, people that know the family, thousands of people praying, following that story, hashtag, praying for Logan. The surgery on Monday happened, and what was supposed to be a five-hour surgery lasted about one hour, and the doctor come out and said, it's worse than we thought. Then it's in those moments, you ask God, and he said, God, God, where, where, where is your power? Where is your power? We've experienced evil a few weeks ago at a high school 20 miles from here. Four lives are gone. Countless other lives are, are, are hurt and recovering, and, 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 and we ask the question, God, where are you? This weekend, tornadoes just swept through our country, lives being destroyed and turned upside down. Lives are lost. And we ask God, God, where, where, where's your power in this? 
Some of us, you've lost your job or you're about to lose your job or your business has taken a financial hit and you're not sure what 2022 looks like. And you're wondering, God, hey, God, what's going on? Where's your power? Maybe you're in a, maybe you're in a real tough road with a, on a, with a relationship and, and, and Christmas is just making it worse and you just can't seem to reconcile and, and, and you're thinking, God, where are you? Maybe you've had a dream for something to happen and it hasn't happened yet. You say, God, where's your power? Where's your power? And we've all asked that question. He said, God, you say you're mighty. You say you're the mighty God. But where is it? And so for the next few minutes, I want to talk about the power of the mighty God. I want you to see how real it is this morning. So take a note, number one. The power of the mighty God is unlimited. It's unlimited. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Our sovereign Lord, you, you have made the heaven, you have made the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Job chapter 42, verse 2. What Job said to God, he said, God, I know that you can do all things. You can do it all. There's no purpose of yours that can be thwarted. David, the psalmist, he said in Psalm 62, verse 11, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God. Power. It all belongs to you. See, David is talking about the unrestrained, the indescribable, the infinite power of God. And he's not just talking about raw power. He's talking about, David is talking about true power. You see, it takes no more energy for God to create a universe out of existence than for him to create a mosquito just like that. He is unlimited. Again, bug brain man, we have a tough time getting a handle, right? I'm the power of God. We have a tough time understanding that God's power is unlimited because we measure everything. We measure everything by our little humanistic standards. In fact, we have a book of accomplishment called the Guinness World Record Book. That's that the standard. That, that's the best that we know. Anything beyond that, just, you know, it hurts our brain to even comprehend unlimited power, unlimited greatness. Let, let me, I, I, I just want to be honest with you. You know, just a little bit of confession from me to you. And as I say these things, I want to tell you, this is true. You're not, when I first say it, you probably won't think it's true. You'll probably laugh. And I'm going to show you in a few minutes how wrong you are and how not nice it is to laugh at me. Okay? But let me give you three facts here. Number one, honor to God. I can bench press 3,000 pounds. 
see, some of you laughing. Tom, I can bench press 3,000 pounds. I can jump 70 inches tall. That's taller than me, just about. I can, number three, I can kick a ball 400 yards. Now, some of you are looking at me and uh -huh. some of you say, yeah, Scott, I don't believe you. Raise your hand. Uh, you see, listen, listen. This is where you're wrong. I'm right. You see, you got limitations on me. So all I have to do, listen, all I need to do is call the Amazon guy, Bezo. That's how you say it, Bezo. I said, I need a spaceship to the moon. Take me to the moon. I get my spaceship. You turn it on TV. There'll be a camera. And there I am, been pressing on the moon because the law of gravity is different here. <laughs> I can jump 70 inches plus and watch me kick a ball 400 yards away. It can happen on the moon. You see, I'm at a different level, a different zone. You see, what God, listen, what God's power, he's at a whole nother level. He is, listen, he is way, way past the world book of records, Guinness record book. He's way past that. He's in a different zone. You see, our body mind can only compute so much, but God's power is unlimited. Here's the second thought, though, the power of God. The mighty God, the power of the mighty God has purpose. It's purposeful, has purpose. Now you've got to appreciate a bodybuilder. You've got to appreciate, you know, the diet and the, 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 the workout, you know, lifestyle. By the way, it, it truly is a lifestyle. It's not a hobby. It's not a, you know, a bodybuilder, you know, he's not just going to the gym uh, three times a week. I mean, it's what they do. And when you're talking to a bodybuilder, you're like, hey, what, what, are you, what, are you getting, what are you getting the muscles for? What are you getting all buff for? And I tell you, it's, man, I'm doing it for show. I do it for the competition. You know, I, I do it, you know, for, for oohs and ahs, you know? I, I do it for the, for the competition of having the most sculpted body on the platform. But you see, God, God is different. God never uses his power to show off. He, he, he's not in the posing business. He's not some cosmic bodybuilder trying to show you this and show you that just for grins and oohs and ahs. He has purpose. God's power always, always has purpose. In Philippians, Paul writes to the, to the believers, and Philippi, and he says this in verse number 13, chapter 2, verse 13. He said, for God, he's working in your life. He's given you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You see, so many people, when they first become Christian, they thought that, you know, by becoming a believer, by becoming a, a Christian, that God will make everything better. That life would be easy. That man, if I follow Jesus, then everything, 
all my problems will go away and everything will be just perfect. A lot of people think that. It's just some people, you know, maybe you've done this. You know, you go and say, you know what, God? Now I'm on your team. I'm going to buy me a lottery ticket. Just give me the numbers, man. And, and God, I'll make a deal with you. If I win, I'll give you half of it. 50-50. You know, 50 for me, 50% for you. But here's the deal. It's that God's power is not to make your life easy. That's not what God, that's not the purpose of God's power in our lives. And according to Philippians chapter 2, God's power is to work in me, to change me, to take me from being a, a selfish, self-centered person into someone who is Christ-like, with, with love, uh, compassion, with peace and patience and self-control and gentleness and all the fruits of the Spirit. God's power is real. We just don't always see it. God's power has purpose in our lives to change you, to allow you to become more like him, to become more like Christ for his glory. So that's purpose. Here's the third thought. It's that the power of the mighty God is available. It's available. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28 said, Do you not know? Have you not heard? He said, The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom because we've got bug brain. We're bug brain human beings. We cannot fathom everything about God. And we never will. <laughs> you'll, never, you'll never accomplish that feat here on earth. We'll never have a complete, complete understanding of everything about who God is. It's beyond us. We just know that he is mighty. And it said in verse number 29, he gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. It's available. His power is available. It's at verse number 30. Even youth grow tired and weary. By the way, the word youth in the, in the original language, it's a word that means Olympic athlete. In other words, the best of the best. He's saying even the best of the best grow tired and weary. Goes on to say, and young men, they stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And perhaps this, this will hit home for you today. Maybe you're here today, you're tired. You're weary. You're worn out. In fact, it took everything you got in you to get in church, to get your kids in the car, to get yourself here. And you're, just, you're beat. You're tired. 
It's coming toward the end of the year, and it, it, you're just like, man, I can't wait for 2021 to be done with. Ready to move on to 2022. I'm just worn out. Maybe it's bigger than that. Let me, let me ask you a couple questions here. Maybe it's bigger than that. What is, what is your greatest problem that you're facing right now? What, what is the problem that you feel like you'll never get through? Or just keep coming back like a boomerang? What is that hurt that you feel like you've never recovered from? What is that hurt, that pain from the past? What is that devastating hang-up or destructive habit that you feel like you can just never get over? And you want victory over it, but you can't get there. You do good for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, and it comes back. Here's the good news, and if you're taking notes, when we're at the end of our rope, that's when, God, that's when the mighty God does his greatest miracles. When you're at the end of your ropes, that's when God shows up the most. That's when he's available. That's when he shows up. See, the Bible said that God gives strength and power to the weary. And the mighty God wants to share his power with you and wants to share it with me. It's available. And how do we get it? How do we get that power? How do we tap into it? Faith. Faith. It's all about faith. Faith is the missing link that keeps God's power from being released in our lives. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You know, as I read the Bible, I'm just blown away over and over and over again by the fact that the power of God is not released until someone takes that spiritual step, that spiritual faith step, until someone takes that step of faith, when they do that, then they become energized by the power of God. We see this in the in Israelites. You know, they're running away from Egypt, following the, the, the cloud by day and fire by night. God leading them and leading them, and finally he leads them into a dead end, the Red Sea. They turn around and see the army of Egypt coming down, and the people are like, okay, Moses, what's happening here? There's no jet skis laying around on the beach. We're kind of stuck here. How are we going to get through this? And Moses said, God, where's your power? And God said, listen, I'll show you my power when you take a step of faith. Take your rod, step into the water, and I'll show you my power. And sure enough, Moses, he stepped into the water in, 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 the, in the Red Sea, divided in half. Israelites cross over. Forty years later, they come to another situation, very, almost a, a, a similar scenario, where they come to the, to the Jordan River. And the Jordan River it was a wild, wild river. Now, if you were to go to Egypt today, the Jordan River looked very tame because, because it's all damned, dammed up. But back then, there were no dams. And so it was a wild river. 
And God led him to the Jordan River at the height of the flood season. In other words, this was the wrong time, God, to come to the Jordan River. There are times when it's dry and the Jordan River is a little bit of a trickle. That's the time to cross over in my eyes and in your eyes. But God led them at the height of the flood season. And they're like, whoa, God, what should you ready to cross over? But the how? Trust me. Step into the water. Have the priest carry the Ark of the Covenant and just step in. Have the people follow and be ready to go and walk over. And they did. The power of God revealed himself after they took a step of faith. See, God's power is available, but it's often withheld until you and I take steps of faith in our lives. My question for you today is, what's your next step of faith that you need to take? What is it in your life that God is pressing you to move forward, to take a faith risk, well, it's like, man, God, it doesn't make sense to cross over. This is the bad time to take that, make that move. But God can do it, trust me. I am the mighty God. And I won't reveal it until you take steps of faith. I'm, I'm available. The bar is in your court. See, the mighty God, he is Algebra the mighty conqueror who has nakao, right? He has overcome the world. See, if you notice in, in the John 16 passage that we read earlier, he said to, to take courage, have some faith, trust me, be bold. I said, I have overcome the world, but you've got to have, you've got to take courage. You gotta overcome your fears. Oftentimes we don't take the, we don't see God doing anything because we're holding on to our security blanket. I said, I don't know God, it's safer over here. It's safer if I don't move. In 1965, it started popping up on our television set and it became a tradition every year at Christmas time. It's the famous cartoon, Charlie Brown Christmas. And you can, you can watch the show, and most of you have seen it. I, I think it's safe to say that probably all of us have seen it. If you haven't, you can find it and watch it. Great. Classic. And it's been played on national television every year since 1965. Charlie Brown's a little frustrated. It's like, man, I understand Christmas. Christmas seemed a little commercialized, and he was having this frustration. By the way, this was 1965. Right? You know, not much has changed with the commercialization of Christmas. And so he was a little frustrated with Christmas being commercialized and losing the meaning of what Christmas was all about. And, and he said, I don't even know what Christmas is. And then at that moment, Lionel said, hey, I'll tell you what the story is. I'll tell you what Christmas is all about. Remember, he gets on the platform, the little spotlight pops in. And he started reading the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2. It started off, he said, you know, they were in the same, same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. The tiny story with a little blankie in its hand. And then he said, fear not. Remember when the angel said, fear not. 
but I bring you good news. And in that moment, it's so subtle. Linus, when he said, fear not, dropped the blanket. Some of you are gonna have to go back and watch this part. See, Linus never let go of the blanket. That's his comfort. That's his safety net. Fear not, for I bring you good news. And he finished the story. And then when you watch the show, he picked up the blanket, walked over to Charlie Brown and said, Charlie, that's what Christmas is all about. You see, even Linus knew that sometimes you gotta let go of your fears and take a step. For some of you, you've got a security blanket you're holding on to. You don't wanna let go. You say, man, this is safe. And you know what God is calling to do? And you say, man, God, that doesn't look so safe. God said, man, you gotta let go. You see, the Christ of Christmas, it separates us from our views. The Christ of Christmas that separates us from our fears. The Christ of Christmas who came and put on frail human flesh. He grew up. He lived a perfect life. He experienced all of our pain and all of our heartaches. He died for all of our sins. He rose again. And the mighty God who separates us from our fears. He helped us to overcome all of our anxieties, all of our burdens, all of our, all of our hang-ups. He is the mighty God, Al Gabor. He is the great Nakao, the one who overcomes. In 2016, during the Summer Olympics in Rio, there was a little country named Fiji. Some of you drank Fiji water, okay? Fiji water, it's a, it's a country, Fiji. Small little country, less than a million people that lived there. The pretty dominant 65, 70% of the people that live in Fiji are, are, are followers of Jesus. It's a very strong Christian little island. And they have never, ever, ever won a gold medal in any Olympics in their history. 2016, the rugby men team from Fiji showed up and they kept winning and winning and winning. They get to the final game, the gold medal game against England, which is England is the, one of the, the true powerhouse of the rugby field, blows them out. Like 45 to 6 or something like that. Something crazy. Blew them out. And this was a historical moment for Fiji. They've never won anything. This is it. And they gathered around and congratulated. You know, they shook hands with the players from England. And then instead of the, hey, we're number one, we're number one. And someone showing up to the camera and say, hey, I'm going to Disney World, <laughs> you know? The, the, the Fiji team did something that was very different. 
that, that's been seen before in the NBC News, or the NBC camera, just kind of following them around. So, man, this is an incredible moment. These guys are gathering up at the half line. Game's over. They gather up in the middle of the field in one big giant circle. And apparently, they do this every game, win or lose. And the coach or the captain of the team always reminds the team, listen, whatever happens today is for the glory of God. And right in the middle of that field, those guys surrounded. Cameras, millions of people watching them. And they started singing a song in their native language, in their native tongues. And then saying the, again, the chorus in English. They went back and forth a couple of times. It's a powerful moment of them worshiping God for who he is, that he is the mighty God. Check out this video. Awesome. Yeah. I love it that they came and they sang their heart out. They really believed what they were saying. You know, like God, sometime in church, we would just kind of go through the motions. I mean, they were like, man, we recognize the mighty God. He's the one that helped us give us the power to overcome. See, hope has a name. His name is Jesus. He is our mighty God. His power is unlimited. His power has purpose and his power is available. Yes, Nakao, he can overcome yours and mine greatest struggles. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. God, I pray that we will lean on to you, that you will give us the victory and the power to do what you want us to do. We cannot do this on our own. 
You have overcome the world, and because of that, you will help us to overcome any struggles and challenges of our lives for your glory. You are mighty. In Jesus' name, amen.